slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a better weekend than the Islanders did. They go 0-1-1, a terrible, frustrating loss on Saturday afternoon to the Capitals at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders led 4-1 after two periods, gave up five third-period goals, and ended up losing the game 6-4. We will dissect that game and talk about what went wrong And then on Sunday evening, early evening, Islanders fall in a shootout to the Carolina Hurricanes, 2-1. So one point out of a possible four this weekend for the Islanders. A frustrating time right now for the Islanders and their fans. You know, we talked about last week, this six-game slate coming up. Uh, They're through five of those six games. Now, five of the six were against division opponents, and then you had the game against the Red Wings. And so far, the Islanders are 1-3-1 and one, with one uh, of those six games remaining. Three of those six, by the way, against the Rangers. And the only game they've won so far is the non-divisional game to Detroit. That was the easiest game on the schedule and the only one they were able to emerge victorious from. We're going to talk about what's going wrong right now with the New York Islanders. Uh, on today's show and what they can do to fix it because this team isn't that far away from riding the ship. Don't forget if you have a question or a comment or a topic that you want us to discuss, you can email the show. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and uh, we will keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and happenings, so uh, please make sure you do that. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review and a comment so that people can uh, find this podcast and grow the Locked On Islanders family. Great to have you aboard. All right, let's start out with Saturday's game. Islanders up. 4-1 4-1 to one after 40 minutes. Looked like they had the game in the bag. But look, Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals, uh, you know, they won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago under, what was the coach's name again? Oh yeah, Barry Trotz. Uh, but they are not a team to be taken lightly. We all know that. They're in first place in the Metropolitan Division for a reason. And... Right now, this is a team with 71 points that is sitting 10 points ahead of the New York Islanders. And look, a lot of dangerous weapons, a lot of good goaltenders, but 
when you've got a three-goal lead entering the third period at home, game you have to have, division rival, you're in third place, you're playing the first place team, you're trying to get your team back on track, there is no excuse for losing under those circumstances. And the frustrating thing for Islander fans is not just that they lost, it's the way that it all happened, the mistakes that were made, and the mistakes that were made by veteran players. Uh, you know, Anders Lee coughing up the puck and and getting put out of position. Turnover leads to a goal. Josh Bailey, turnover leads to a goal. And, and you know, those are the kind of things that just come back to haunt you. But these are the veteran guys who are supposed to be leading this team. These are the guys that, you know, you expect the Noah Dobsons and the, uh, you know, the younger players to be looking up to. Those are the role models. And yet, you know, these are the guys who are struggling and making mistakes. And Barry Trotz acknowledging that after the game, saying that, you know, we weren't sharp in the third period and didn't play our kind of game and what have you. But this really was a demoralizing kind of a loss and and two points that this team needs to get back and now does not have in the standings. And, you know, always with a game like this, uh, there are a number of things that go wrong. Look, the offense sort of took their foot off the gas and let up a little bit, but the defense just got sloppy. It was like, it was almost like the Islanders... And you hate to see this, but it was almost like the Islanders said to themselves, okay, we've got these two points in the bag. We know we got to get on a plane. It's snowing outside. we got to head down to Carolina and take care of business tomorrow. But they forgot that you're going up against Alexander Ovechkin and a very talented Washington Capitals team. And you can't take those two points for granted. And first and foremost, the Islanders did not play Barry Trotz slash New York Islanders hockey. They didn't play smart in their own zone. They stopped skating. They let up so many rebounds. They got beat to loose pucks in front of their own goaltender. And the other thing is this, and, and it's definitely something that has to be mentioned. Uh, Simeon Varlamov, who has been over the course of the season a very good asset for the Islanders, he looks a little bit tired. He gave up a few soft goals in that game, in the third period, uh, and earlier even, goals that you want to have back. And you can't... You, you know, the thing about the Islanders' goaltending situation, you really have two guys who are capable of being number one goalies in Grice and Varlamov. And... I think for the first 34 games or so of the season when they alternated goalies, that system, that alternating, really did work very, very well. And then, you know, it looked like Rice sort of stumbled a little bit. Varlamov picked his play up a little bit, and they go with Varlamov as the starter. But now, I think Varlamov really hasn't run with that starting job. He hasn't captured it, taken it, made it his own. And to me, now I think Grice has to play more, not just on the second day of, you know, of back-to-back -back games. 
I think at this point you go back to the rotation and also, you know, look, Grice played a strong game against Carolina on Sunday, yesterday. You really need to go, I think, to at least a 50-50 split. And if Grice starts to be the hot hand, don't be afraid to give Grice a few extra starts uh, in the coming days. This is what the coaches get paid for. Making those kind of decisions, figuring out when your goalie is hot, who to go with, what what do you do about this goaltending situation? Barry Trotz has some decisions to make, but based on what I've seen, I give Grice the start against the Rangers on Tuesday and maybe give a little bit of rest to Simeon Varlamov uh, as we inch closer and closer to the All-Star break. All right, we are going to step aside. We will break down the Islanders' shootout loss to the Carolina Hurricanes uh Plus, we'll have this date in Islanders history and a lot more. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so Islanders, Hurricanes down in Carolina. <clears throat> James Reimer in goal for the Hurricanes. Tomas Grice in goal for the Isles. Scratches for the Islanders. Sebastian Ajo and Ross Johnston. Matt Martin a little shaken up in warm-ups, but able to come out on the ice and play. So, overall, Islanders, right now, coming into this game 1-3-1 and in their last five. Justin Williams, by the way, back in the lineup. And early on, the Islanders had a little trouble clearing their own zone. And it seemed like, almost like a hangover from... Uh, the game on Saturday where it just seemed like the Islanders couldn't clear the puck. And the net result is a a goal for Shvechnikov, his 19th of the year from Brett Pesch and Nino Niederreiter, the former former Islander. Uh, Time of the goal, 545. Uh, Turnover again in the Islanders' zone and they just... And the goal went in, it, it went in off the stick of Noah Dobson. So, you know, the shot was taken and it changed directions in midair. Can't blame Grice for that one. And, you know, one of those things where the team has to do a better job of clearing the puck out of their own zone. And, you know, they got better at it as the game went on, for lack of a way to put it. But again, it almost looked like, like a continuation early on of that third period. Now, the Islanders got the first power play of the game, uh, 10-53 into the first period. They got two shots on goal on the power play, had a couple of chances, but overall, you know, not a lot of production there. So, you know, Islanders overall in that first period kind of looked tired. And maybe they were because, you know, with the weather delaying flights out of uh, the New York area on Saturday, uh, probably got in late on Sunday or early Sunday morning, and they looked a little sluggish. Outshot in that first period 9-7, to but uh, at the end of the day, not the greatest period. Islanders trailing one to nothing. The second period was a better period for the Islanders. They got their legs under them 
They were more aggressive. They had more scoring chances. Couple of good ones early on. Belvillier had one in the first few minutes of the period. And then Adal Cole hit the post on a shot uh, midway through the period. So the Islanders were finally getting their chances. Uh, Beauvillier later on in the period had a partial breakaway, but as he tried to deke and move to his backhand, the puck slid off his stick, and all of a sudden, you know, that breakaway chance did not work and, and was not effective. But the Islanders do end up finally getting the equalizer in the second period. Final minute of play in the second and the Islanders putting pressure on the Carolina goal, and Anders Lee in close with the rebound, Sezikis and Mayfield on the assist, time of the goal, 1904, and let me tell you something, if you were watching the game, you had to see the look on Anders Lee's face when that puck went in the net. It was a combination of exhilaration and relief, and you know, not much that Reimer could have done about that from a Hurricanes perspective, but from an Islanders perspective, they needed that goal. Oh, so badly. It, it really was a problem that this team wasn't scoring, and all of a sudden, the game all even at 1-1, 55.9 seconds left in the period. At the end of 40 minutes, Hurricanes out shooting the Islanders 19 to 7, uh, 19 to 17, excuse me, but the game all even at one apiece, and that was the key for the Islanders there. So, third period, lot at stake. You know, you won three and one in your last five, need to get the momentum back. Divisional game, a team that's chasing you in the standings. Now, the Islanders announced at the beginning of the third period Josh Bailey had an illness, would not return for the third period. So they're short of forward, and of course that means the Islanders had to continue to juggle their lines. And that's always, you know, a mixed bag. Yeah, you're playing with guys who you're not necessarily as familiar with, and that can be a drawback. But on the positive side, hey, maybe you find a little spark. Maybe, you know, you find a combination that works really well and all of a sudden, you know, things can uh, click. So, you know, we have to see and keep an eye on Bailey and see whether or not he will be available uh, on Tuesday against the Rangers at the Garden. Now, the Islanders get a quick power play chance in the third period, their third of the game. Trevor Van Riemsdyk called for holding Michael Dalcall. And the Islanders get the extra attack. And unfortunately, uh, they're unable to convert. Casey Sezikis takes an interference penalty at 8.26. And that gives Carolina a chance with the extra attacker. And Grice comes up very, very big. Uh, and the Islanders are able to kill off the penalty. Thomas Grice definitely making some big saves, especially in the third period. Both teams in the third period had some chances to win this game or take the lead, at least. Barzal had a breakaway, made a backhander, and uh, Reimer with a big save. Then Grice stops Edmondson in close uh, in the slot area, and at the end of three periods, this game remained all tied at 1-1. One and one. 
We're going to take a little break. We'll come back and break down the overtime and the shootout. Plus, we have this date in Islanders history and more. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, in overtime, the Hurricanes had the better chances. Probably the best one belonged to Ajo, but a pad save by Tomas Grice keeps it a 1-1 game. And at the end of the extra session, still all even at one. Tomas Grice, 31 saves in 32 shots. That's a 9.69 save percentage. Meanwhile, Reimer had 26 saves in 27 shots. So both goaltenders getting the job done. We go to the shootout. And the shootout, well, it went long. Svechnikov got a goal in the first round. But then Eberly misses. Aho misses. Barzal ties it. Uh, Teravainen scores. And then Bovillier comes through in the clutch. And we're going to extra time on the shootout. Well, miss follows miss. Nelson misses. Zingle, Zingle a save. Brassard, a save. Slavin, a miss. Taves misses for the Islanders. Niederreiter couldn't get it done. Casey Sezikis took his turn. He couldn't get it done. And finally, Justin Williams, who was just back in the lineup, as I mentioned, for the Hurricanes, scores. Anders Lee has the last chance. And I'll tell you something. Lee came down this ice looking very, very tentative. And I was disappointed with the attempt he got off. But Reimer is able to make the save. And the Islanders fall in the shootout. They... Score twice in the shootout, but give up three goals. And at the end of the day, final score, Carolina Hurricanes 2, New York Islanders 1. And uh, you, you look at the statistics here, Lee with the only goal, Sezikis and Mayfield with the only assists. Uh, as far as hits go, Kamarov leads the way with 5-4 for Matt Martin in this one. Block shots, you know, the Islanders 3 for Ryan Pulak. And uh, ice time-wise, 23 minutes, 20 seconds for Nick Letty to lead all Islander players. Brock Nelson with 22.05. In the face-off circle, Anders Lee, 7 out of 9. Derek Broussard, 6 out of 8 to lead the Islanders. Both Nelson and Sezikis, less than 50% on their uh, face-offs in this game. Shots on goal, Anders Lee led the team by far with eight, and no other player on the Islanders had more than three. So Lee certainly, again, being uh, aggressive and uh, doing his best, at least, to try to get this team back on track offensively. Overall, a frustrating loss for the Islanders, and again, stay with the Locked On Islanders Twitter feed, and of course, tomorrow's show, we will update you on the latest on the condition of Josh Bailey and his possible availability for Tuesday night's game uh, against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. But the Islanders fall to the Carolina Hurricanes, and now you look at the standings in the uh, Eastern Division, uh, Eastern Conference Metropolitan Division. Washington, 71 points. Pittsburgh, 67. Islanders, 61. But right behind the Islanders, the 
Columbus Blue Jackets, just one point behind the Islanders, although the Islanders have two games in hand. And the Hurricanes, after the win, two points behind the Islanders, and the Islanders have one game in hand. So the Islanders, and, and by the way, the Flyers, three points behind the Islanders with the Islanders having one game in hand. So it's tight out there, and nothing comes easy. Uh, there is not a lot of room for error for this New York Islanders hockey team, and that is something they have to keep an eye on. All right, this date in Islanders history, we take you back to January 20th, 1981, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Islanders and the Calgary Flames, the first year they were in Calgary. Scoreless game after 40 minutes, but the Islanders took control in the third. First, it was Butch Goring breaking the scoreless tie. His 18th from Bob Bourne and Anders Keller. They beat Reggie Lemelin for the first time in this game, and it was one to nothing Islanders. One minute, 59 seconds later, Bob Nystrom gets on the board. His 10th from John Tonelli and Dave Longevin, and it was 2-0 Isles. Then, in the third period, with Jim Poplinski in the penalty box for Calgary, he's off for hooking Brian Trottier, his 17th on the power play, from Clark Gillies and Dennis Potvin, and it's 3-0 Islanders. Gillies takes a turn at 17:27, his 19th from Trottier and Dennis Potvin, and then with a minute and... 44 seconds left in the game. Trottier, his second of the game, 18th of the year, from Bob Lorimer and Clark Gillies. Final score in this one, Islanders 5, Calgary Flames, their first year in Calgary, nothing. 21 saves for Glenn Chico Resch to earn the shutout. Gillies with a goal and two assists. Trottier, two goals and one assist. And then Dennis Potvin with a pair of helpers. Bob Lorimer and Dennis Potvin each a plus three in this game. And as far as shots on goals uh, were concerned, Anders Kaller, Mike Bossy, and Clark Gillies leading the way with four shots apiece. So this date in Islanders history, January 20th, 1981, Islanders beating the Calgary Flames by a score of 5-1. to one. So the Islanders have one more game before the All-Star break, and that'll be Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. Uh, their next home game, February 1st, a 1 o'clock matinee as the Vancouver Canucks come to town. But a nice and pr probably well-needed break Islanders really do need to play better against the Rangers uh, if they hope to right the ship and get back into gear. Uh, will be a big game. Can't be beat three times in eight days by the Rangers. And by the way, after that game, or the day after that game, we will have another crossover show with our friends at Locked On Rangers as we break down and analyze that Rangers-Islanders game so uh, make sure you join us for that one. That's going to do it for us today. I'm Gil Martin, your host. Thanks so much for joining us today for Locked On Islanders. We will be back tomorrow and every weekday with the latest and most in-depth Islanders analysis you can get anywhere. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.